Hey, welcome back to Eat Crime Bites, Season 2, Episode 7. This is about Gary and Larry Harmon. They ran Helix, which was a Bitcoin mixer slash tumbler. Depends on which terminology you like to use, but I'm going to probably say mixer throughout. Well, they had this Bitcoin mixer on the dark web to help people anonymize their transactions from buying drugs or whatever else it is that they're buying that they shouldn't be. In act one, we took you through Helix. We introduced you to Larry. Larry was arrested, but we found out that Larry had this treasure wallet that the FBI was unable to pull Bitcoin off of. They said this in a hearing, two hearings, and then they released Gary. They still haven't had the Bitcoin in their hand, they didn't release him. Uh, the government didn't release him willingly. It was the, you know, the court that released him. They still don't have the crypto in their hands, but Gary has entered the picture and he knows that the government doesn't have it. And that's where we're going to walk in at this point. So Gary James Harmon is brother to Larry Harmon. And he lived across the hall from his brother. So imagine at least what I imagine was sort of like an apartment complex or a condominium. And it's literally like rich, successful brother is on one side and less successful brother is on the other side. And you say, why do you say that? So Gary, the brother, the guy we just introduced you to works for Larry, his brother. And in the court paperwork, it said he made about 45 to 70 K a year working for his brother. So, you know, he's not a Bitcoin millionaire is where you got to put him in your mind at this point. He's not a cryptocurrency miner that's making millions of dollars like James Zong was in our first episode of this season. James. He was also at points on unemployment and he lived a very modest lifestyle and they're both from Akron, Ohio. Now, I do have a picture of Gary that I'll put on your screen at this point. And you go, holy shit, he's sitting in a bathtub full of money. And that's absolutely right. He is. And Those are singles, little, by the way. Don't get too excited. Well, do get excited because it's $100,000 worth of singles, my friend. <laughs> Touche. So, so you will see a little bit northwest of Gary's head is actually a very scantily clad woman because this is in a nightclub. And I will tell you from information we're going to share you later on that it was $100,000 that was thrown around in this nightclub. It's pretty impressive. And this is actually came from the DOJ paperwork. I thought it was pretty awesome. This is the picture I used in our thumbnail for this episode. If you wonder why he was sitting in money, it's just this whole celebration that they went and did. So in April 2020, same time frame where we left you off, Gary used Larry's Trezor passphrases to recreate the wallets that law enforcement physically seized from Larry. So it's physically sitting in a locker in Washington, DC, but because Gary had the passphrase, he could recreate the cryptocurrency on a brand new treasure wallet, just as if he had the original. So remember we are talking north of 4,000 Bitcoin originally on the treasure wallet that Larry had. Gary wasn't real greedy. He only transferred about 712 Bitcoin, which is about $5.3 million. 
he could have transferred the whole 4,000 Bitcoin if he wanted to. And there is a text for that. So after this transfer happened, this comes later because we have the court paperwork. He is actually said in text, he says, drunk and moved way too much. And I'm going to warn you, Seth, he spells just as bad as Jason Lydell here. He misspells yeah. too, but it gets worse. Trust me. And he expressed concern about, you know, doing the money transfer while intoxicated. He said, and this is what the part I love. He responded, you know, later on saying, I'm the only one with the passphrase. And that's drunk for passphrase, apparently. And I have the whole text phrase here for you. And for video viewers, I'll put it up for you right now. And I'll, I'll just read the whole text exchange for you. He says, drunk and moved way too much. He spells too wrong. And then it looks like the person responds and says, yep, shut up. And then he responds, we'll talk later. And then the person responds, you better not drive drunk. And then Gary responds, I won't. And hop to God, which is a misspell for hope to God. Remember, he's drunk. He says, I won't. And hop to God. I won't. I'm the only one with the passphrase. Can we adopt <laughs> passphrase as our new, like, word for any kind of, you know, password? That's for Yeah, exactly. Great. Make sure you get the passphrase right. And that. so we talked about um, these subject wallets earlier on, and I, this isn't a chart of all the subject wallets. This is the chart of the subject wallets that Gary touched that I'm putting on the screen for the video viewers right now, which is eight of the 16. And this is straight out of the court paperwork that I'm showing you. And there's basically the number of Bitcoin that were sent and what the value was at the time that they were sent. And remember, Bitcoin has appreciated exponentially since then. So at the end of the day, it was 712 Bitcoin and it added up to almost $5.4 million. All right. So we learned that while they lived near each other and they had the same name, essentially, Larry and Carrie, they did not see eye to eye. The court documents state that the defendant had been, as in Gary, I've been conducting peer-to-peer -peer sales of Bitcoin for cash on behalf of Larry Harmon. The defendant demanded a higher percentage fee, but Larry refused. So in response, the defendant physically attacked Larry, pinned him against the wall, and choked him. Lovely. Two other witnesses, um, we don't know their names, uh, one of whom later interviewed uh, by federal law enforcement, back in 2020, independently confirmed the same incident in which the defendant choked Larry. The witness, uh, another witness described the defendant as the Tasmanian devil when he has been drinking. So we note that uh, the summer of 2020, the rest of Gary's family turns in it because they think he stole the money from Larry. So uh, now it's late 2020, early 2021. Gary now has money. So the court documents tell us that corresponding to these efforts, uh, to launder the 712 Bitcoin through online mixer services, the defendant's financial situation began a dramatic transformation. Bank records show that he now began making thousands of dollars in unexplained cash deposits into his bank account in late 20 and early 21. The unexplained cash deposits are consistent with the defendant engaging in peer-to-peer -peer sales involving the missing 712 Bitcoin. So in early January of 21, the defendant deposited a $52,000 check with the notion, notation rather, crypto. 
in the memo lied, further supporting the conclusion that he was selling Bitcoin in exchange for U.S. dollars. The defendant used the proceeds of the crypto check to purchase a 2018 Audi S5. Nice car. Yeah, we actually have the check. It was in the port, the court paperwork, and I just thought it was fucking hilarious because, like, I'll I'll describe it for the audio listeners, but it looks like a check that you would write to somebody. All the important parts are redacted, like all the um, the router account numbers, yeah. routing information, all that stuff. But his name is there, paid at the order of Gary Harmon. It's fifty-two thousand dollars, and right down in the goddamn memo line, he writes crypto. So it's like. He could have just written, you know, theft or crime or something down there. <laughs> like it, it was, he, he put in the memo line what it was for. Like they didn't have to do much investigation on this check, I imagine. No, they did not. So records obtained from the cryptocurrency exchange Bitrex show that the defendant opened an account uh, in late January, January 30th, 21, using a Proton Mail, our favorite email address. So between February 5th and February 8th of 21, so only three days, uh, the defendant deposited another 26 and a half Bitcoin into his account. This was valued at almost a million dollars. It was $983,000 at the time of the transaction. So keep in mind, between like 2012 and 2021, the value of Bitcoin went bananas. So on February 12th, 2021, the defendant used the majority of his Bitcoin deposits to purchase holy shit, uh, <laughs> $16 million essentially. Uh, in Dogecoin, an alternative cryptocurrency. Well, let me take a step back. 16 million Dogecoin, right? It was technically 16,079,260.667, blah, blah, blah. So I don't remember what Dogecoin was trading at at that point, though. No. And he didn't just stop there. And they have records from a cryptocurrency finance company called BlockFi. And I believe BlockFi is going to come up in the next couple of episodes as well. I've seen their name a lot. They show that the defendant, Gary, deposited approximately 67 Bitcoin into a new BlockFi account in 2021, March 25th of 2021. At the time, this is valued at more than 3.5 million. Insane amount of money, isn't it? So... Gary used his Proton mail address to register the BlockFi account. Then 65, almost 66 Bitcoin of that transfer was used as quote unquote loan collateral for a loan to the defendant, meaning Gary, in the amount of $1.2 million. He used this one point or at least a portion of the $1.2 million to purchase a luxury condominium unit in Cleveland, Ohio. And I'm wondering if that's where they lived across from each other, Seth. Maybe it was a luxury condominium. So that's why I had that picture when I was telling you earlier about the two brothers living across from each other. All right. So one thing I want to highlight to you is I showed you this picture of him sitting in a bathtub of money and I cracked a joke and I said, it's $100,000. You probably were like, how the fuck did he know that? Well, it's because in the court paperwork, they have an itemized list of what this guy spent at one night at a nightclub. And I'm going to say nightclub here because nowhere in there did they say strippers or anything like this. But based upon the picture and based upon the wording, that's kind of what it sounds like. So what they say is he got the whale room number 206 for five hours. And I don't know what the fuck the whale room is. 
it's probably means somebody with a lot of money but right there i'm imagining like fat dude and i'm like i never even if i have a lot of money i never want to be called no, a real no. Seth because that's horrible it's so i don't know exactly what the whale room is but i know there was a great song that came out years ago by chris rock called uh no sex in the champagne room and i'm pretty sure it's the same thing that's a private room not that i've ever been to one but had i ever been to a strip club there's a private room where you can pay extra dollars and you have more individualized attention and higher priced booze. But there is no sex in the champagne room. So I'm assuming the whale room is in a is a on the spectrum of champagne room style rooms. Well, in the whale room, he is paying for five hours, twenty-five thousand dollars. See, I've never went rented a room like this. I don't know if this is high or this is low. To me, I'm going, holy shit, twenty-five thousand dollars. I could buy a car for that much. So the money didn't stop there, right? He, that's just the room. You have the dancers. The dancer fee alone was $15,000. Holy shit, Seth. I don't know what these dancers do, but they must be the best goddamn dancers on earth for $15,000. Cause that's $3,000 an hour. That's a lot of fucking, that's, that's more than high price attorney. I mean, $3,000 an hour. That's a lot more. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's but there's no so, sex in the champagne room. Never forget that. There's a ten percent fee on top of that, so the grand total is actually sixteen thousand five hundred dollars. And you go, holy shit, he's dropping some coin. Nope, nope. The lion's share that. of the coin he drops is a hundred thousand dollars worth of singles, which actually costs you over a hundred and twenty-two thousand dollars. That means getting the singles cost at least $22,000 on top of this. And I guess that's just high, how high rollers roll, Seth. So one other thing I want to point out is he's a, he's a high roller. Like I said, people notice, okay? BlockFi at one point says, hey, motherfucker, we are putting a stop to your account because this looks like dark net market or ransomware shit that you're doing here. And we actually have the email that they sent to him when they closed down his account that I'll put on for the video listeners here. But if you're a technical person like me, I thought this is pretty interesting because they kind of cluster the computers in the bottom of the email. And a lot of times you see that when you see like data science type of analyses of these type of problems where they try to match fraud to different types of activity. And I thought it was pretty interesting that they actually slapped it right in there in the email. I'll actually read you, read what they say. They say, thank you for being a valued BlockFi client. We have detected your deposit on March 25th, 2021 as having close exposure to a darknet market and ransomware. Such a source falls under BlockFi's prohibited uses. Please be more mindful of your deposit sources in the future. If you believe you've received this recording in error, please provide proof of deposit source. And I like how they're just kind of nonchalant. Please be more mindful of your deposit sources in the future. And so Gary gets more nervous at this point. You know, we have him texting people just about his anxiety where he says in a text message, anxiety just went through the rough. And you're like, Keith, you just fucked that up. No, I didn't. He said, anxiety just went through the rough, meaning roof, but spelled wrong. And then his friend says, about what? And Gary says, just blowing money, bring too much heat to me. And of course, spells too incorrect the whole time. 
And I'm telling you, listener, if you're not if you're not as anxious as Gary right now, you better be. Because we're ending in act two and we're getting ready for act three where Gary's caught. Because Gary, he's a high roller. You knew he was going to get caught probably sooner rather than later. So if there's anything in this act that you like, please, please give us a like, give us a subscribe, whatever application you're on. If you're on Apple Podcasts specifically, please give us a five-star review. Just say something nice in there. That specifically helps drive us up the charts and about half of our audio only listeners come from Apple Podcasts. If you haven't visited our website, please do. It's just ecrimebites.com spelled E-C-R-I-M-E-B-Y as in yellow milk, T-E-S.com. And if you wonder why I'm saying why is in yellow milk, then obviously you just have joined us on the second season and not the first because we have a whole thing about yellow milk in one of our episodes. So stick around. We will definitely recap it at some point and talk more about yellow milk. So with that, please do come back for act three. Gary is caught. Mm-hmm.